Welcome to the Men of Valor program. Uh, today, uh, Randy, we're going to wind up the series we've been doing with Debbie, who's here, and uh, kind of conclude with your final two points. So welcome back. Thank you. Yes, we're excited to have Deb back. Uh, this has been a very, uh, very informative new series, and uh, the feedback has been very positive. We're, I think we're going to turn this into another CD MP3 product for us, oh, great. so that for those that uh, would like to have this a whole series, we'll package it together. Oh, great. Well, I always keep thinking in between weeks when we've been sharing here that there's Always more and more things I keep thinking about, but um, maybe one day this will be in some bigger format, too, with things that can be helpful. You mean like a book? <clears throat> maybe something like that. Well, it's a, that's, a, that's a wonderful kind of yeah. uh, mm-hmm. audio outline to yeah. have for a book idea. Yeah. Well, I realized just coming off the men's workshop this last weekend, and I always come in and speak for a little bit there, that the men men seem to enjoy having a woman's perspective. Mm. And I know you all give very helpful information as you're teaching there, but it... I guess there is something different mm. about it coming from a woman's perspective and what's helpful. That's, that's right. The, I think that's true. Yeah. yeah, and that's the feedback that we get from the listeners, too, is that uh, it's a fresh perspective mm-hmm. that they enjoy. So well, let's jump right back into it. Okay. Well, speaking about that in a woman's perspective, this next point is is um, kind of a hard one, I guess, and yet it's a really important one that I know we work on in terms of building trust in the relationship, and that is about... Committing to um, creating healthy sexuality. I was just thinking, by the way, that we should back up for just a second and say, for those that might be listening to just this show, they haven't heard the earlier ones, and that happens, you know, people stumble across it and that kind of thing. You've been going through about, uh, we're going to get to uh, your 14 things, so there's earlier points, but the, the theme of all of these points is how to build trust back into the relationship. That's correct. So, you know, we're, we're at the end, we're coming to... You know, one of the uh, critically important ones here, and that's uh, the one you just said about making a commitment to healthy sexuality. You're right, Mark. We technically named this series When You've Broken Her Trust, which I think is a powerful title for this. Mm -hmm. So we've talked through a lot of practical Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. in terms of behavioral changes and Mm -hmm. building safe boundaries and all those kinds of things. But we're moving more towards some of these things that impact the relationship when an addiction is brought into it, a sexual addiction. Mm -hmm. Um, Because one one of the core beliefs of sex addicts is sex is my most important need. And it's often used um, in the relationship in an unhealthy way. I think one of the things to think about is that um, there is an energy that comes from that, even if it's never spoken about, that I think is felt in the relationship. And so whenever sexuality is used to, say, de-stress your day or because there's touch that's needed to not feel so lonely, um, or for some I think it helps one sleep better, or um, for some it's the only way they know how to connect with a spouse because they haven't perhaps worked a lot on what it means to emotionally and spiritually connect with someone. Mm -hmm. Those kinds of things end up, I believe, feeling like um, you're objectifying the other person and using their body more or less in in ways that that feel other than just loving and choosing them for who they are. Are you talking about the men now? Yes. Yes, that's what I thought. So I thought that was my cue to jump in. Oh, that's your cue to jump in, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, because I think uh, you're right in describing it, though. I mean, I wouldn't add or subtract anything from what you just already said. you know, the men have been using <clears throat> sexuality, uh, sexual arousal, sexual activity is the major way they cope with a variety of things, including 
the perception of lack of uh, love, nurture, kindness, intimacy. So one of the things we know is that uh, the men do objectify the wives uh, and that uh, it isn't an expression of any kind of emotional or spiritual intimacy. But I think the major point to make, too, is that the men are assuming that if uh, some of them, many of them, that if they get enough sex, um, that will help them deal with their addiction and they won't they won't have the addiction. And then cert- and then men bring a certain kind of patriarchal attitude to this, you know, that uh, the wives need to help them in this way and, you know, they need to submit and, you know, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it can be it can be complicated because I think also for many women, um, you too may have learned that you can manage your husband's sexual acting out by providing him with enough sexuality. So sometimes, too, in your own faith journey, you may have been told or your submission is about trying to protect him from the world. Um, mm. we, we happen to believe here that that isn't not going to be the way to find wellness, um, sexual wellness in your life. And so I guess we have some issues with just, you know, purely submitting for those reasons. <clears throat> we would like to believe in our definition of healthy sexuality is that it is an expression of our emotional and spiritual connection with one another. So what we find, I think, in working with couples is that oftentimes they have that backwards. You know, they've mm-hmm. used sexuality as a way to connect, mm-hmm. and it is an easy way on the front end because we are kind of like heat-seeking missiles when mm-hmm. we first meet one another, and that physical attraction is so easy to come by in mm-hmm. most cases. Mm-hmm. Um, but when when we don't work on the emotional and spiritual connection and we're using mm-hmm. sexuality as the primary way where we enjoy each other, have fun together, or find that we feel close together, we're mm-hmm. missing the opportunity of all those other ways to find deeper intimacy. So, um, again, our definition, healthy sexuality would be an expression of the emotional and spiritual connection that we have in the relationship. And I think when when we are showing up and being sexual in that place, I think that is a place where a wife can truly feel chosen mm-hmm. and not feel objectified. Right. So we're, we're really uh, trying to get past this uh, feeling of objectification, helping the wives feel chosen. And in that sense, frequency or even the... Uh, the kind of sexuality, practices, positions, or whatever, is really unimportant as long as sex is only expressed as expressed as an expression of that, that uh, emotional and spiritual connection. So I think it takes a while to uh, recondition, reframe, and I think it's important for the husband, the man, the sex addict, to you know even start s- stating some things intentionally going into this uh, to kind of distinguish different kinds of touch. Does that make sense? What I so I, I think when what you're starting to talk about is one of the things that I, I think most um, wives really appreciate, which is beginning to share non-sexual touch with one another, knowing that it's not for the purpose of leading to sexuality now or any time in the near future. So we, I know, encourage our couples to practice being very intentional and talking about that. If what she would like for a time is just to to be held or to be kissed or um, to hold hands and to know that that's not going to lead to sexuality, that um, he would be able to say that to her on the front end, that I would like to do one or uh, uh, several of these things. Mm-hmm. And I want you to know that this is not not about leading to sex. So short of uh, sex therapy, I mean, there are some things we can do on the, the front end of changing up these patterns, and that is to be a lot more intentional about... Uh, 
your intentions, I guess, is mm-hmm. <laughs> I seem to be doing right. a lot of doublespeak today. Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so I remember that because I, th- I think uh, some of the women get afraid of uh, the husband's touch because if uh, things are left unsaid, the assumption there is that if a husband touches a wife, a husband's an addict, he always wants that to lead to sex. Mm-hmm. So I, I know um, it's something you and I practiced early on too, because I think as you've told me, um, you know, you were you had kind of trained me that all touch, you know, in your mind hopefully would lead to sex, and right. so I think because it was unspoken, I picked up on that, and sure. and there were times when I truly just wanted to experience healthy touch and to not always have it lead to that. So it, it created in me, I think, a lot of no, don't even don't mm-hmm. even hold my hand or don't pat my back or don't touch me in any way because I, mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily want it to lead to sexuality, even though I did want the healthy touch. Right. I think it's important to talk for a minute about how would we know when we're approaching healthy sexuality in our relationship. And one of the things I believe is that when when we are creating healthy sexuality with one another, we are able to hear no about sex and be okay with that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the ways we can kind of test how it's doing. Or for the men who are listening to this program, I think that's one of the things I would have you ask yourself. If for whatever reason your wife is not uh, willing to meet you sexually, are you able to accept that response without being angry or shutting down and stonewalling is a word mm-hmm. we use here, meaning you refuse to talk for a number of days or there's some kind of repercussion that she has to deal with, some kind of consequence because of your frustration at mm-hmm. not being able to be sexual. I think truly when we're when we are working at creating trust with one another, and you're truly allowing sexuality to be a part of the relationship in a healthy way, you are also okay with a no. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm just saying that if that is still a problem for anyone, I think that's worthy of of talking through in a counseling process to figure out what that is about. Mm -hmm. Um, So building trust with her, I know, comes from her being able to see and experience that you could be okay with that. And by the way, I I encourage women to learn how to build trust with you by also speaking about what is true around saying a no to sexuality, which is it's not necessarily saying a no to you Mm -hmm. or rejecting you. It's about that experience. So I think we can learn also how to be intentional about still loving one another, saying, you know, while I'm not in a place to be sexual tonight, I want you to know I still love you. I want to be with you. It's my vision that we continue to work on our healthy sexuality, and I choose you. Mm -hmm. So um, we can learn also how to say that when we're a spouse on the other side. What a perfect time for a break. Um, Wonderful point. Be be okay with no. Would be okay with no. But for the moment, let's say yes to taking a very brief break. And when we come back, we're going to be able to wrap up this series. And you are listening to Mark and Debbie Laser. And this is the Men of Valor program. Trigger of the Week uh, has kind of come up in the uh, first part of the show today. And that would be the word submission. I think that's a trigger for both wives and husbands. I, now that I'm thinking about it, I think that's a, that's kind of a huge a huge shift for a lot of our couples. Uh, this whole idea about submission, but I know it can be very triggering. I'm turning it back to you for the <laughs> wives' side of it. 
in terms of how mm-hmm. they are triggered by that word. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it can be confusing for many of them too because mm-hmm. um, we've they've they've heard different things about and have tried to do what has been right in a marriage oftentimes by submitting even when their heart is not part of mm-hmm. the sexual act. And I know for many of them it has led to a lot of um, sadness within and a rejection of self, not mm-hmm. listening to herself, not fully mm-hmm. being able to be present and knowing that hasn't felt right, but being confused mm-hmm. about what is right and, mm-hmm. and how how to move forward with that in the relationship. I know many women who have submitted and you know been very regular about um, being present sexually for their husbands, and it's not made any difference whatsoever in terms of his addiction and his struggles with sexuality. So I think that ends up being disappointing to them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a confusing and very complicated topic, which is why maybe we don't want to get into it too much in depth here today because mm-hmm. it, it warrants a lot of conversation. Well, I was just thinking too that um, where we left off, going into break, um, the word no, maybe that's a better possible trigger for the men because uh, they can relate to that. If they're experiencing no, that can trigger them into other things. But I think you're right. It's a deep topic and we're kind of on very uh, lengthy grounds here. So uh, let's return back to kind of wrap this up. Uh, We were on your point 13 about committing to healthy sexuality. So what else do you want to say about that for the moment? Well, I thought we had finished that up pretty well. Okay. (laughs) And so let's just move on to the final topic here, the number 14 that I talked about, which is really a broad umbrella topic about, um, I think for any wife, watching her husband grow in his faith journey and growing in his trust of God is Mm -hmm. probably one of the greatest ways that she is building trust with him. And that involves so many different things. But certainly, I think one of the big things is when we're learning to trust God in this process, we're also learning what we need to surrender. And I would say for many of uh, the men who are listening, much of that surrender is how your wife will respond to things and what her emotions will be about things. And um, this is not about not caring about her. This is about just knowing that your job is to do the right thing, to continue to work on your journey of being Christ-like in your life. And when you do that, that doesn't always mean that she won't be sad or won't be mad or won't be anxious about things. Mm -hmm. Um, But taking those next steps, I believe, which are led by the Holy Spirit, um, again, a way that you're connecting more with that as you slow your life down and more carefully listen to next steps in your life and follow those, I I have found that consistently they lead to good things Mm -hmm. in relationship and with other people. So trusting in that process, knowing again when you need to surrender, that you truly can't be in control of um, exactly how your wife's journey will look, but knowing that you care about her wanting to do what's good and right for her in terms of leading a sober life yourself, being mindful of the boundaries you need to set to keep yourself safe in the saturated, sexually saturated world, um, being mindful of being known to her and being honest about your feelings and needs and thoughts and all these things that I've talked about in some of the points prior to today. All of that, I believe, is is really eventually trusting God in his timing, in his way of how he will move you through this healing journey. And what I've come to really know is there is no one right way for this, which is why we can't give you a textbook sort of answer to all of these questions about building trust because 
each each relationship, each individual will in some ways be developing this in your own way. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I think um, living and trusting in God is also for you learning to not live in shame, but to perhaps accept and acknowledge the sorrow that has been created from some of the decisions you have made, but being able to stand up and be the man that God calls you to be, loved, special, treasured, a unique gift with passion and purpose in your life, not living out of shame and continuing to cope with that, which shows up in different ways in the relationship and I think even gets in the way of building trust with your wife. Mm -hmm. Um, so those are important things, I think, in moving forward and um, just making every choice about your life every day ones that will honor the Lord. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, that is really the only thing you can do to build trust with anyone in your life, including your spouse. Wow. Yeah. What, a, what a powerful statement. <laughs> that uh, kind of encapsulated this whole series for me. I mean, hearing you say that, because you take into consideration uh, both the husband and the wife in dealing with their own private uh, sorrow, you know, uh, and and uh, how, how trusting in the Lord and all kind of re- returns us to that thought all the, the time that trying to live in God's image uh, is probably the solution to so many of our struggles. Um, that's, a, that's a terrific, terrific statement. Uh, was there any other summary statements that you'd like, knowing that uh, this five-part series is being wrapped up? Well, I think my summarizing statement might be that so much about trust building goes both ways. I know that we have been focusing on what it means to build trust with someone who you have broken trust with through some very specific behaviors like a sexual addiction. Mm-hmm. But what I also know is if if as a couple we're going to grow closer to one another, it is going to be an ongoing journey of building trust with each other. And there's going to be work also for us wives to build trust with you, our spouses. And um, so much of what I talk about today, while it was specific to perhaps sexual addiction, I what I know is there are counterpoints to all of those that are probably just as appropriate for me to help wives look at for themselves as well. And so that's part of my journey with a wife is not making this apples to apples because it's not necessarily. And we are all working to be safe people with each other, to live in the truth about who we are, um, to become more Christ-like, to work on changing our character, to Um, allowing our word to be um, how we live out our life so that our words are not cheap and that we're building trust that that way as well. But there's so much in terms of trust building that is just as much for us women to work on as well, uh, to be all that we can be in all of our relationships. So um, that's, I think, what I would say to summarize hopefully all of these. So we are companions in this uh, uh, journey of trust building. I think one of the things is that... We know that the wives don't trust the husbands, but there's something about the husband's journey historically because of some of their early stuff too, is they may not trust the wives either. Mm -hmm. And so we are both working on trust, and that's ultimately a spiritual decision uh, to let God be in control. And ultimately too, I guess I would say it's not about sex addiction. Right. And I know that's what we believe in too, that 
you know, people come to us on the front end typically because these are the issues that have broken out in the relationship. But ultimately, building trust is so much more about many, many other things. Um, there are specifics to this addiction, and there are many, many more things that are really about character growth that build trust and safety in our relationships. That's a good place to stop. Mark, I, I think that we should thank Debbie for her joining us for yeah. these five shows. This has been a wonderful, wonderful series. And uh, we hope, uh, we trust that our listeners <laughs> yeah. uh, have uh, benefited greatly and ha have enjoyed this, uh, this series. Uh, watch for it in the uh, relative near future to be coming to our online bookstore uh, in the form of an MP3 product or a hard copy CD, because I, I think this is going to be popular. You have been listening to Dr. Mark Laser and Debbie Laser. I'm Randy Everett, your co-host, and we thank you so much for joining us. We hope that this coming week will be a week for you that's filled with many blessings and great vision. <laughs>